are starting a six-part series on the 23rd Psalm. And so uh, as we get things started this summer, excited to be able to dig into the 23rd Psalm, uh, really the Psalm that is probably known the best of all the Psalms. And I could prove it to you. If I start to just say it, you're going to be able to know it. The Lord is my shepherd. See, you've got that one, right? I could say a whole bunch of other scriptures and you'd be like, but that one, you've got it. Really, think about it. This 23rd Psalm, the whole world knows this one. The whole world knows it. We're going to dig into it in six weeks, verse by verse, and take a look at it because it is really one of those passages that has to be one of the most recognized passages of the entire Bible. And think about it. It's a whole chapter. It's not just one verse like John 3.16 that people would know, or it's not like Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, you got that one. And it's not like that really short one, John eleven thirty five, that all kids in Sunday school memorize for that prize. How many know what I'm talking about? If you memorize a scripture verse and you get a prize, at least when I was in Sunday school, you know, you'd come in, you'd say it, I'd go, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept, hand it over. You know, so I was like... <laughs> Okay, so this is one that we know, the Lord is my shepherd. It is an amazing psalm. And even, even like secular groups and, and scary movies, they'll you know, quote it like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, they've got this one. There is something here, and no psalm has brought more comfort. No psalm has brought more healing. Uh, no psalm is more recognized than this one. Now, as we do this series, I am declaring... Uh, that we're going to use a certain translation of the Bible for this series. And usually I preach, I use NIV or um, Contemporary English or ESV. There's all sorts of translations of the Bible. But for this series, I am declaring that we are going to use the King James Version, all right? And all those over 50, give me an amen, all right? All right, all right. So... And, and I'm for every translation, and I'll read, I'll read King James, and I'll read the message, and, and, and in my devotion life, sometimes I use the message. But in this one, there's just richness here. There's, if you're going to memorize this one, grab it in the King James. This is the way, uh, there, it's just poetic, all right? And it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's just beautiful. And that's the translation that we're going to use every week. But let me just read it to you in the message. And it gives a whole other understanding. But again, it just loses a little bit of what was there. It says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk to my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. I don't like that part right there. I don't like that. I mean, it sounds like sushi or something. All right, but 
You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. This one I like. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. So it, you can see that there's beauty in all the translations, but I'm declaring, and I think there's one week in the series that I'm not preaching, and all the pastors take note, it will be King James. All right, so Psalm 23. Here's what I love about it. I love that it has troubles and goodness in the same passage. I love that the psalmist, which was King David, I love that when he writes this, he doesn't just talk only about good, but he talks about the good and the bad. And he said, there's troubles. Life is gonna have plenty of troubles. There's gonna be some dark valleys, shadow of death. But you know what? God is with me. God is with me. And, and if you could summarize the 23rd Psalm, you could say, troubles will come into your life, but God is a good shepherd and he'll take care of you. Think about it. Troubles are going to come. Some people are like, oh, you got troubles. Yes, troubles are part of life, but your good shepherd will take care of you. And I love when David was writing it that he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd, and he has insight as he writes this, and you've got to get your mind around what he was thinking, not what you and I are thinking, okay? We look at this from a Western mindset. We understand this from America, and this is our culture. Okay? But when David wrote this, it was an Eastern culture. Matter of fact, what's interesting is you could go to Israel or Iraq or Afghanistan, and you could see shepherds today. You could see people dressed in the same attire, and they're not just doing it for fun. I mean, they really are wearing very similar clothing, and they're walking with their sheep. The only difference is they probably have a cell phone now. They're like, yeah, watching sheep. You know? I mean, <laughs> but it looks the same. It looks the same. Okay, so in the Eastern concept, in what David was thinking, you've got to get past what you think about it and understand what he meant. And so as we look in these six weeks and dig into it, you're going to see that there is a whole bunch there that you didn't even understand because you don't understand their culture. Let me give you an example. David says, uh, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, Okay. Now, we might think of it like the message translations, like I'm eating a meal, six-course meal, in front of people that don't like me. And God, I'm so glad you're feeding me in front of my enemies, and I get to eat from you, and you're good, and my enemies don't get any food, and I'm eating in front of them, okay? Wrong way, okay? Here's what it meant. It said, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's saying, I'm here, and there's a table land. There's a, a land called the table, and you're preparing the table for me. I'm here, but you want me to get here. And you're preparing that table before me. And there's enemies that are there that want to destroy me, but you're taking care of the enemies before I get there. And while I'm here, you're planning for me to get there and you're making it ready so that when I get to that level, everything I need is there so I can flourish. Whole different concept whole different understanding about God. He is not wanting you to taunt your enemies. He's wanting you to go to the next level and he's getting it ready for you. So you have to understand this. And there's a book called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. We use it heavily as a resource in this series. If you want to dig in and read it, over a million copies sold. It would also give you more insight and things that we won't even be able to put into all the messages here. But if you get this started, I want to let you know the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd, and you, again, get past the weak, anemic shepherd thinking that we have 
A lot of us have a picture of a shepherd with a white robe, no dirt on him. He's kind of petting the sheep, you know. Little birds are flying around, okay? You got that? Not the thought. One theologian said when he watched the shepherds leaving town, it looked like men going to war. They had their staff, the rod, a sword, a spear, clubs. They were ready for battle. Matter of fact, I brought this with me up on the platform because I got this when I was in Kenya. And I was with some shepherds in Kenya and the Maasai Mara. And we were staying out there. and It was an incredible time. And these shepherds were teaching us what it was like to be a shepherd, to be able to watch their flocks with lions and all these things around. And, and they had this with them. And I said, what is this? I mean, and they said, well, this is like our first defense. It's a club. And we actually throw this. This is something you throw at the enemy. And we have our slings and all these other things. We hold our spear and get low in case the lion charges. You don't throw that, but you have this. And I'm like, oh, that is awesome, right? I need one of those. And why, I don't know, but I needed one, you know. And then I was like, oh, why, why do you guys wear red? You know, these Maasai warriors were red. And they said, we wear red because we think the lion can see red. And we want him to know this flock has a shepherd. And I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And then they were doing this thing, and they're jumping up and down, and they're jumping. And I go, why do you guys jump? And they go, we jump to get brave when we hear the lion. And I'm just like, oh, this is so, so good. Every kid should go on that trip, don't you think? <laughs> That's your shepherd. That is your shepherd. He is brave. He has every tool he needs to defend you from the enemy. He is a warrior. He is not just petting sheep. He is ready on a moment's notice to take out a lion or a bear or a wolf or whatever is circling around you. He is strong and able to save you. And so when David was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, he had to have been thinking about, I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear, I've defended the sheep. My shepherd is ready to defend me with whatever I have. That's your shepherd. That's your concept in this series as we think about the Lord is my shepherd. Now here's the other thing, we're compared to sheep. That is not a good thing, all right? You've heard it, they're stupid. They are, they are really, they're stupid. They are really stupid. I was trying to say how stupid they were, and I had people that have sheep that said they're even more stupid than you said. Okay, they're just stupid, you know. Yeah. So I actually thought about doing like a video of like stupid sheep things. That might be coming in a future week, but okay. They never get to the right spot. If you have them in spot A and they need to get to B, they never get to the right spot. If they get there, it's by accident. They just don't know where they're going. They need to be led they will walk into a hole. They will see the hole and be like, there's a hole. You know, fall right in. <laughs> Stuck. Yeah, they can't get out. <laughs> if they fall over, matter of fact, if they run too much, and they fall over, they die. They fall over on their back, like, I'm stuck, I can't get up, and they die. <laughs> That's you and I. Man, they're totally dependent. They're totally dependent. They don't fight back. I mean, maybe you've seen one of these things on YouTube where like a lion grabs a wildebeest and the other wildebeest herd up and come after the lion and all this. Not sheep. They're just kind of like, bummer, dude. Um, I might be next. That's us. Dumb. And they are sick, sick, sick as I'm studying about these things. Eye infection, ear infection, hoof infection. I mean, infection everywhere. They get things in their ears and they don't know what to do and they'll beat their head against a rock. <laughs> That's us. 
Sheep are full of fear, and the fear causes their immune system to break down, and their fear. So the shepherd's whole job is to keep them from fear. Think about that. That almost could be another series right there. Some of you, God needs to set you free of your fear. He's your good shepherd. He has everything he needs to take care of you. Let your fear go. Okay, they're prone to wander. That's what they do. And yet the Bible says he's our shepherd. I mean, you think about this. Think about this. He loves us so much. What do we offer to him? Helpless, wandering, troublesome, infected with every little problem. And God says, I love you. I love you enough to send my son to die for you. I'll be your shepherd. And if you've ever doubted God's love for you, realize how incredible he is that he loves you, that he would call you his son or daughter, and then he says, I wanna be your heavenly shepherd. I wanna take care of you. I'm willing to lay down my life for you. I love you that much. I mean, that is just an amazing thing. When I was doing my soap devotion this week, in Psalm 144, I wrote this down, verse three, and the psalmist says, I wonder why you care, God. Why do you bother with us at all? And it hit me this week. I just said, God, why do, you, why do you even care with us? Why do you even care for us? I mean, we're nothing. We're nothing. It should just blow us away every day that the God of this universe loves us that much and says, I love you. I want to take care of you. So say this with me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now let's stress the word my, all right? The Lord is my shepherd. He's your shepherd. Don't ever doubt it. If you've ever doubted his love, don't ever doubt it. He's your shepherd. Now, how do you know you're his sheep? And, and, and I know that not everyone here knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I know there might be some people checking out faith and you're trying to figure out if this is real. Can I just say this? This is a great church for you to be a part of. Keep coming. Don't stop. We love you. Um, I pray that every week we have hundreds of people that are trying to figure out if this faith thing is real, Okay. There's going to come a day in coming to church here that you're going to have to face the, the question, will you give your life to Jesus Christ? Until then, we'll be patient with you, we'll pray for you, we welcome you, and we want you to be here. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says you become his son or daughter, and if you will, in this analogy, his sheep, he becomes your shepherd. So how do you know if you're his? You, you prayed the prayer, but how do you know that you're really one of his sheep? First of all, you start to become more like Jesus. God places the Holy Spirit within you, and there's like a DNA transformation going on. And he starts to change you into his image, and you start looking more like Jesus. And you may not even realize it. Your friends will be like, dude, you're so different. And you're like, what am I different? No, you're different. You don't do the same. Your, your speech is you're, you're different. And you're not even thinking about it because the Spirit of God starts to change you into his image. That's how you know you're his sheep. How do you know that you're a sheep? You like to flock together. Sheep like to be in flocks. And you know what? That's a great analogy. You love to be part of the church. You, you want to be part of the church. You want to be with the flock. You want to encourage what God is doing. You love to be around those people. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we've passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. We love each other. And when I meet people around the world and they're Christians, even if I don't speak their language, I'm like, you're my brother, you're my sister. There's a depth of love for them that can't be explained. It's a spiritual thing. Your appetite changes. You start eating different things. 
There may be entertainment choices that were fine for you when you weren't one of his sheep, but now all of a sudden your appetite changes and what you used to enjoy, you don't enjoy anymore because God's calling you to eat something different in your spirit, man. It changes. Another thing that happens, you start to hear his voice. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. You start to hear his voice and you start tuning in. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit talking to me and I'm obeying what the Lord is saying. Another thing, and I don't have time to go into it, but you bear, somehow spiritually, you bear the mark of Jesus on your spirit. Whether it's like the cross or whatever, there's something on your spirit that God has sealed you and marked you. There's something that has happened. And although it's not a physical mark that we can see, something is happening in you and you bear on you the mark of Jesus. It's there in you, okay? Now, just for the analogy and and shepherds and all that, shepherds would mark their sheep. Think about this. They would mark their sheep. They would take their ear and they would cut a notch or they would make a brand in the ear, Okay, and I don't have time to go into this. This could be a whole nother teaching. But in the Old Testament, when someone wanted to be a bond slave and say, I no longer want to wander, but I want to be led by this person. I'm devoted to this person. I will willingly serve this person. They would take an awl and they would poke a hole in their ear and they would bear the mark on their ear like the sheep to say, I belong to this person. I willingly want to be led. I don't want to wander. And so when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you bear in your spirit a mark on you that says, I don't want to wander, I want to be led. I want to be led. And with all this, let me just say a couple things. With all this, then, we need to trust that God is a good shepherd and he will take care of us. He's going to take care of us. Think about this. A natural shepherd is two seasons ahead of the sheep. If it's spring, he's already thinking about what he's doing in the fall because he has to be prepared. So God is a good shepherd. You're his sheep. You can trust him. And if you're one of his sheep, you can say, God, I I will trust you with my future. And a lot of us need to stop worrying about our future so much. Lord, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to go to school? Where's that job going to be? Should I do this or not? What am I going to do? Can I get in that? And we're all worried. And God's like, do you not understand? I'm more than two seasons ahead of you. I'm like 20, I'm, I'm, I'm way, I'm already the end of your life. I'm, I had to come back and be reminded about what you're dealing with right now. I'm way out there, all right? Because <laughs> I, mean, I think about that. As a leader, as a leader of this church, sometimes, really in my mind, a lot of my planning right now is for what's five years ahead. And I'm really starting to look at 20 years ahead, okay? So when people will say like, what are you thinking for this week? I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, so I got to come back and get to here. Okay, if that's me, God's way further ahead. And if he saved you out of the pit, he can secure your future, okay? Trust him. He's a good shepherd. He's good. Now, here's something that you have to realize. If you're gonna be his sheep, you gotta stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd. It's the key for everything. What do I mean? I mean, stay in the word, stay in prayer, stay in the local church, get in the life group, go on a global team, stay, whatever the shepherd's telling you to do, stay close to the shepherd, whatever he's saying to do. Why? Because the the sheep that are closest to the shepherd get the most blessings, okay? I studied the the shepherd, he has sheep that stay really close to him, kind of close, mid-level, still okay. Those that are on the edge, that are close to danger, and then the stupid ones, okay? Really, that's what he have. The ones that stay closest to him get the best grass 
Because he's like, I'm gonna go where the blessing is the best because I know the sheep will work out from proximity from me. So stay close to me, sheep, and you will get the best grass. You will get the best water because I'm gonna be right by the water. If you have a thorn, I'll be right there. I'll take care of it for you. If you have animals that are around, guess what? You're the last ones to be eaten because you're right by me, okay? And he's saying, stay by me. Proven fact, the sheep that are there next to him are the fattest. They're the fattest ones, the ones that are out there thinking, where's the better grass? I'll go find my own thing. I'll go see. I know the shepherd's over there. And they get skinny, and the ones that stay close get fat. Now, don't think calories. Think blessings. <laughs> right? I want fat blessings. That's what I want. I want fat blessings. Some of you wonder, like, why are they getting all those blessings? Why? It looks like all those things. They're staying close to the shepherd. You're over there wandering around and getting all, thinking you can do it better. Run the play that God has said. Stay close to the shepherd. And then you'll get those blessings. They'll pour out on you. But here's the thing. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And a lot of us want a lot of things. And so we go wandering off to the edge. And we start chasing after what we want. Now, that's not what the scripture says. That's more what James was saying. You know, you go chasing after your lusts and they can't be met. But a lot of us, we want to serve Jesus, but we want to kind of push the edge. We want to see how far we can go and still be a follower, still be a sheep, and we push the edge. Now, here's what a shepherd does with stupid sheep. Here's what he does. He makes an evaluation. He'll go and leave the 99 to save the one. But at some point, he has to decide, is it worth it to let this one keep walking off? And when he says, I can't let that one walk off anymore, he will do this. A shepherd will intentionally lame the sheep. He will intentionally break the leg put a splint on it, and then cause that sheep to have to stay close because it has a limp. Matter of fact, one guy that was studying this, he said that he saw a great percentage of the herd were walking with limps. It's like the sheep were all like, yeah, you too, I'm a wanderer, yeah. <laughs> I'm a double wanderer, you know, he's like, just stupid on stupid, you know, that means me. Yeah. Think about this. The shepherd loves the sheep so much he would rather lame it then lose it. Lame it, then lose it. No, just think about this. Some of the people, we go in rebellion, and we go out here, and we're living in rebellion, and you better watch it. God may lame you rather than lose you. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to be in rebellion, and God's going to lame you, and you're going to have a moment to understand, does he love you enough to lame you, or are you going to turn around and blame him? Because you're drifting, and he's going to say, I'm laming you, this crisis, this junk in your life. I'm trying to bring you back. And you're, instead of coming back, many of us go, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm serving you and all these bad things. And we get mad, and we blame instead of saying, God, I understand you're trying to bring me back. I've been running. I've been trying to do my own thing. If I could say this to the teenagers, when you're in your rebellion, you don't understand. You're pushing it. Don't make God lame you. Don't make God lame you to get you back. Here's what he's thinking. I have someone for you to meet. I have someone for you to reach. I have more for your life than being eaten by a wolf. And I may lame you to get you back because I don't want to lose you. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close. Get the best. It's best here. It's safest here. It's, it's the way you were created to be close to the shepherd. Don't push the edge and don't go wandering. The Bible says, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it meant there, in the way that that was translated in the King James Version, it meant need. It meant I'll have what I need. 
I'll have the breath that I need. I'll have the food that I need of the home that I need. It doesn't mean I will be able to fulfill my wish list, okay? There's wants and wishes, totally different. And this is saying, you will not want. I'll take care of your every need. The things that are there, I will take care of that for you. Now, I believe that that's part of this passage, but I believe there's a secondary interpretation as well. And I believe this. If a shepherd can get his sheep to grass and water, my shepherd can get me a job. If a shepherd can get his sheep to grass and water, my shepherd can take care of my needs. If he can get them to grass and water, my shepherd can get me to the meeting I need to be in. My shepherd can get me to the city I need to be in, to the meetings in front of the people, with the job. He will take care of my daily need. And although you may have doubts, I trust in the good shepherd. And if David's saying, I shall not want, then I'm believing that God's gonna take care of every single need that I have. You need to believe it too. He's a good, good shepherd. Now I wanna give you homework for this series. This is your homework. I felt so strong, impressed by the Holy Spirit uh, as I finished the first service. We need to get some sheep back into the fold. There have been some sheep, and we all know them, that were close to Jesus at one point. Maybe it was somebody that even led you to faith. Maybe it's somebody that helped disciple you, but something went wrong, and they've drifted, and they're way on the edge, and God has been laming them, and they've been blaming, and they don't get it. It's time for us to join the search party and go get them. And so here's your job. In this series, I want you to call someone, text them, email them, maybe stop in with an unexpected visit and say, welcome back. You may say, I've done it 10 times. I've done it 20 times. I've done it 30 times. Do it again. Do it again. I believe there's a special anointing on this series for us to bring back sheep that used to walk with God that have drifted off. They're way out on the edge and they're in danger of losing it all. And God is saying right now, will you go out there? Will you bring them back? Will you share your faith with them? Will you bring them back? Because I want them back. Now, we're not gonna blame them. We're not gonna critique them. We're gonna welcome them back with open arms. And I'll share this with you. In the early church, when somebody walked with God and then drifted away, if they came back to the church, they'd have a ceremony. And we won't do this ceremony, but I just wanna show what they did. They would make people lay on the threshold of the church in the entryway, and the whole church would walk over them just to show that you're back. And the person was saying, I'm no longer worthy. I lost my saltiness. I was like salt that should be just trodden on the path, and I want to get back, and I want to be salty. And so the church would actually step over the person, and, and then once that ceremony was done, they'd come back in. We won't do that here. <laughs> but here's what we will do. We will hug every one of those people. We will welcome them back. We will say, we don't care how far you drifted. We don't care what laming process went on. We welcome you back. Come on back to the shepherd. And so take it as your homework. Don't take it lightly. Every one of us knows someone, a relative, a neighbor, a boss. I just felt somebody right now, they're just like, you had a former pastor that lost it all and you're just... Yeah, make the call. Make the call. Do it. Be obedient to whoever God tells you to, to go after. Man, it's so good with the shepherd. He doesn't want to lose them. He doesn't want to lose them. Make the call. And let's invite God's sheep that are drifting to come on back and be near the shepherd. 
So Lord, I pray right now for our church that we'd receive that. You are a good shepherd. You are the good shepherd. We bring so little to the table. We are like sheep. We wander, we, we drift off, we need so much, and yet you love us. And now, Lord, we just ask that we'd be part of the search party. We'd be part of the people that would say, we'll go out, make the call, send the email, send the text, stop in unexpectedly, and try one more time, one more time to move them into a closer ring to the shepherd. I just pray for faith to rise up, that we would believe that you're going to do something, that there is an anointing on this invitation. There is an anointing on this invitation as we speak about the good shepherd. And that this would be the type of series that could bring them back into that loving relationship with the shepherd that they need. Closeness with the loving shepherd. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for this. Help us just understand how much you love us. You're amazing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.